Could family genetics be a reason that no matter what we try, we still can't lose the fat and inches from our problem areas? To learn more, we spoke to Dr. Brian Strand from Sonobello. While some people can eat everything and stay thin, others diet and exercise daily and still pack on fat and inches to their problem areas. It's not your fault. It can be genetics. If you struggle to lose the fat from your tummy, love handles, thighs, and back, you're likely battling your family genetics. The good news is we have an answer. Sonobello uses a remarkable technique called microlaser fat removal. In one comfortable visit, the fat in your hardest places to lose is gone permanently. Stop wrestling with your family genes and lose the fat permanently. And right now, you can save $250. The results are life-changing. Do this for you. Don't wait. Visit sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. From world conflicts to falling financial markets, natural disasters, and more, wish the headlines would just stop. It's not a newsflash that life can feel like a pressure cooker. From managing work to building relationships, it's easy to feel overwhelmed. And for many of us, anxiety and stress are constant companions. But you're not alone. You may not know it, but support is out there, just waiting to meet you. And you can find it through the friendly people at Church's Care. At Church's Care, we know that finding your community can feel intimidating. That's why we do the heavy lifting for you. Church's Care helps connect people like you to churches that can support and serve you. In your new community, you'll find a group of people ready to talk, listen, and help you navigate life through its twists and turns. All you have to do is come as you are. If you're ready to find your community, visit churchescare.com today. That's churchescare.com. C-H-U-R-C-H-E-S care.com. We look forward to serving you. So I was watching the X-Zone TV channel last night when I was abducted by aliens, and they kept repeating to me over and over again, simultv.com, simultv.com. What's simultv.com? That's what I asked them. They had it written on the side of their UFO. How do you spell that? UFO. No, I mean simultv.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Right. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Interesting that you were abducted by aliens in a simultv.com UFO last night. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Now that you mention it, I remember now last night, I was awakened from a deep sleep. My great-grandmother was standing there. She said she'd come from the hereafter to tell me about Simultv.com. She even spelled it out for me. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, sonny boy. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, sonny boy. Wow. Yeah. Guys, you'll never guess what my psychic guru just told me. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Exactly. Are you guys psychic too? Of course. We all know about Simultv.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Welcome everyone to Too Good to Be True. Thank you for taking the time to listen. The subject for today's show is dinosaurs and mass extinctions. Before we start getting into details, let's just briefly talk about psychic insight and how we apply it. We choose a subject and research it, and based on that research, we determine what we think needs to be explained by creating a series of questions. Then Justina provides psychic insight to answer those questions. The psychic insight is narrated towards the end of the show. Accepting the psychic insight is a question of individual belief. Now let's go through the disclaimers. Here are the disclaimers. Neither of us claim to have any expertise in any subject that we discuss. We relate information we find through research in the psychic insight. We are always delighted to hear from the listeners. The show only lasts an hour. 
we don't have the time to present exhaustive research on any topic. This means that there will be information that we miss. We want to provide a basis for the psychic insight. We don't care if a theory turns out too good to be true, as the show name suggests. We are only interested in finding out more of the truth about topics. Spirit can only relate insight that is appropriate for our time in history. Free will cannot be affected. Only comments that are appropriate for our time can be given through the psychic insight. Much of the subject matter in shows may have already been covered many times in other media. We want to look into subjects in a new, different way and be thought-provoking. We are not so good with pronouncing names. We apologize. And neither of us have any particular knowledge in paleontology, geology, biology, meteorology, or associated sciences. If we have misstated anything, we apologize. I always wondered about the story that dinosaurs suddenly died out and mammals who are warm-blooded, of course, took over in some sort of a selective mass extinction. Aren't birds descended from dinosaurs? We still have crocodiles, alligators, and all sorts of lizards. Aren't older reptiles cold-blooded dinosaurs that managed to survive? That's my understanding. The coloring used in artists' impressions of dinosaurs must come from our modern-day dinosaurs. But who knows if millions of years ago if they looked different, except that crocodiles, lizards, etc. are beautifully camouflaged. Aren't reptiles cold-blooded like the dinosaurs, unlike birds? Birds are warm-blooded, and maybe the dinosaurs they were descended from uh, were also uh, warm-blooded. How would scientists know for sure? Dinosaurs were only first discovered in the 1840s. Don't cold-blooded creatures only have habitats in warmer climates? Cold-blooded means that the animal's temperature varies with the temperature of their surroundings, so their body temperature will change throughout the day. But yes, they need warm climates. Fish are also cold-blooded, but with tuna and some, some types of shark, being more warm-blooded, apparently. I don't think that many of us know much about how different species developed over time or died out. Attention to the here and now means not much to think about, about what happened millions of years ago. Just days ago in October this year, the London Daily Mail ran an article about mass extinctions as follows. Mass extinction events spanning two global warming periods of Earth's history wiped out huge amounts of ocean life and destroyed reef ecosystems, a new study warns. It's previously been suggested that the late Triassic and early Torsion extinctions, both linked to massive volcanism and the resulting climate changes, simply intensified extinction rates that were already underway. But according to new research, this was not the case. An analysis of background extinction rates and those experienced during the two events suggests extinction patterns changed dramatically each time due to rising ocean temperatures, acidification and oxygen-starved waters. The data show clear differences in extinction magnitude and selectivity between the hyperthermals, extreme warming events, and background intervals, the authors write in a new study published to Proceedings of the Royal Society. The late Triassic mass extinction, or LTE, and the early torsion, uh, or ETOE, extinction took place about 201 million years ago and 187 million years ago, respectively. The latter is considered the second largest marine biodiversity loss event in Earth's history. 
According to the new research, these past warming periods and the resulting extinctions offer a glimpse at the threats posed by human-induced climate change today, unquote. That implies that the Earth is heading towards another mass extinction. So how many mass extinctions have there been? According to the same article, five not including the two already discussed, the big five extinctions are as follows. 445 million years ago, when the ice sheets in the southern hemisphere advanced and retreated, beginning 380 million years ago, over 20 million years in duration, associated with a massive volcanic eruption where modern-day Siberia is located, 252 million years ago, with around 96% of species disappearing. This also is associated with volcanic activity where modern-day Siberia is located. 200 million, 201 million years ago, caused by large-scale volcanic activity in the central Atlantic magmatic province, with the, super, with the supercontinent Pangaea splitting to create the beginning of the Atlantic Ocean. 66 million years ago, killing off the dinosaurs largely associated with a large meteor, crashing into the area where the Yucatan Peninsula is now located. The article claims that another event occurred 262 million years ago, where volcanic eruptions occurred where modern-day China is located. Apparently, it caused simultaneous extinctions in the tropics and in higher latitudes. You mentioned the supercontinent Pangaea. Can you explain more about that? Yeah, the Life Science website provides an explanation. Quote, about 300 million years ago, Earth didn't have seven continents, but instead one massive supercontinent called Pangaea, which was surrounded by a single ocean called Panthlassa. The explanation for Pangaea's formation ushered in the modern theory of plate tectonics, which posits that the Earth's outer shell is broken up into several plates that slide over Earth's rocky shell, the mantle, unquote. We talked about volcanic activity being associated with the movement of tectonic plates during a previous episode. Why don't you talk about the KT mass extinction that occurred 66 million years ago that brought the end to the dinosaurs? The History Channel website provides a description of the well-accepted theory. Quote, the Cretaceous tertiary ex extinction event, or the KT event, is the name given to the die-off of the dinosaurs and other species that took place some 65.5 million years ago. For many years, paleontologists believed this event was caused by climate and geological changes that interrupted the dinosaurs' food supply. However, in the 1980s, father and son scientists, Louis and Walter Alvarez, discovered in the geological record a distinct layer of iridium, an element found in abundance only in space that corresponds to the precise time the dinosaurs died. This suggested a common asteroid or meteor impact event may have caused the extinction of the dinosaurs. In the 1990s, scientists located at the massive Chicxulub crater at the tip of Mexico's Yucatan Peninsula, which dates to the period in question. The article continues. Then in 1991, a massive meteor crater 110 miles in diameter was discovered on the edge of the Yucatan Peninsula extending into the Gulf of Mexico. The Chicxulub crater, as it was dubbed, was named for a nearby village. Science believes the bolide that formed it was roughly six miles in diameter, 
struck the earth at 40,000 miles per hour and released 2 million tons more energy, sorry, 3 million times more, 2 million times more energy than the most powerful nuclear bomb ever detonated. The heat would have brought the Earth's surface, ignited wildfires worldwide, and plunged the planet into darkness as debris clouded the atmosphere. Miles-high tsunamis would have washed over the continents, drowning many forms of life. Shockwaves would have been triggered. Shockwaves would have triggered earthquakes and volcanic eruptions. Unquote. Bolide is another word for meteor. What else happened? The Earth remained in darkness. The History Channel article continues, quote, The resulting darkness could have lasted for months, possibly years. It would have plunged the Earth's temperature into the freezing zone, killing plants and leaving herbivores with nothing to eat. Many dinosaurs would have died within weeks. The carnivores who feasted on the herbivores would have died a month or two later. Overall, the loss of biodiversity would have been tremendous. Only small scavenging mammals that could burrow into the ground and eat whatever remained would have survived. The iridium layer plus the Chicxulub crater were evidence enough to convince many scientists that the bolide impact theory was credible. It explained much of what previous theories could not, unquote. It must have been a struggle for any creature to survive. Are there any alternative theories? There are, one being that, a de that death also came from outer space but from a different source, and another that the meteor strike in the area of the Yucatan Peninsula was only part of the story. So what was the different source from outer space? From an exploding star, again from the History Channel website. In 1956, Russian astronomer Joseph Shulovsky became the first scientist to consider the extinction was due to a single catastrophic event when he theorized that a supernova the explosion of a dying star showed the Earth in radiation that could have killed the dinosaurs. But I think I'll have to continue this after the break. Yes, we'll continue the quote after the break and talking about dinosaurs and mass extinction. And you're listening to Too Good to Be True with Justina Marsh and Pete Marsh on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xcbn.net. It's hard to listen to the news without realizing we're living in volatile, unprecedented times. Yet never has there been such an opportunity to transform the human condition. As old structures fail, where can we find the guidance to co-create a better way? Find Your Path Home is an ever-evolving, leading-edge information, education, and healing resource center designed to support and guide you on your path to unity and enlightenment. Based on sound principles employed by shaman worldwide, we provide techniques that can support you through the current transitions, offering online shamanic classes, 
international long-distance shamanic healing sessions, complimentary Mission Evolution radio episodes and Stairway to Heaven TV vignettes, seminars, retreats, and much more. All of this can be found on findyourpathhome.com. Whether you're a skeptic or a believer, join me, Rob McConnell, as together we'll investigate the world of the paranormal and the science of parapsychology here on the Exxon Radio TV show on XZBN and the Exxon TV channel on Simul TV. Since 1990, the Exxon Radio TV show has been the place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. Together, we'll investigate UFOs, aliens, ghosts, Bigfoot, psychic phenomena, lake monsters, conspiracy theories, government cover-ups, the truth embargo, alien abductions, ESP, haunted locations from around the world, and so much more. With over 28 years of broadcasting and more than 4,500 individual guests, The X-Zone is truly a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality, as evidenced by the credibility, integrity, and professionalism of the guests that we bring to our international audience. If you have seen a UFO, had a close encounter, seen a ghost, Bigfoot, lake monster, or a story that you would like to share or have investigated, contact me, Rob McConnell, by sending me your email to xzone at xzoneradiotv.com or you can call toll-free 1-800-610-7035, extension 143, and on Skype, Exone Radio TV. For more information on the Exxon Radio TV show with yours truly, Rob McConnell, visit www.exxoneradiotv.com or www.exxonetvchannel.com or simultv.com and xzbn.net. Until next we meet here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Always remember X-Zone Nation, keep your eyes to the sky and your heart in the light. Welcome back to Too Good to Be True. And before the break, we were talking about possible explanations for the extinction of the dinosaurs. So, Dad, you were quoting from the History Channel website about a possible exploding star. Yes, I'll continue the quote. Once again, the problem with the theory was explaining why dinosaurs died out and other species did not. Also, scientists said that such an event would have left evidence on the surface of the Earth, trace amounts of radiation, dating back to the Cretaceous period, none was found, unquote. The iridium layer is apparently not explained by the supernova theory. What other evidence points to the cause being a high-speed, six-mile diameter lump of rock that was either partially or entirely responsible for the devastation of the dinosaurs? The PBS Public Broadcasting Service website provides a summary of supporting evidence aside from the iridium layer including molten rock being ejected and fracture patterns in quartz crystals. But the fossil record seems to be saying different things at different places. Dinosaurs were either doing well or dying out, depending on location and interpretation. Is there more detail for the theory that the meteor striking the area of the Yucatan Peninsula was only part of the story? The new dinosaurs website provides the explanation for there being more to the end of the dinosaurs than just the meteor. Quote, 
While it isn't exactly known what happened to the dinosaurs, there are a couple of hypotheses that scientists often postulate to explain dinosaur extinction. One of the main theories, and one that was the most that the one that has the most support among scientists, is that an asteroid struck the Earth and caused the cataclysmic conditions that led to the death of the dinosaurs. Another theory postulates that there was increased volcanic activity that caused adverse conditions. In either case, all of the debris that was put into the atmosphere from either an asteroid strike or from increased volcanic activity would have had enough of an effect to cause a situation known as a nuclear winter. A nuclear winter is when so much debris is propelled into the atmosphere, it forms clouds that block out the sun. That would prevent sunlight from reaching the Earth's surface, disrupting photosynthesis and causing the food chain to, be event to eventually collapse. Some scientists speculate that a combination of these two events may have contributed to the downfall of the dinosaurs. Increased volcanic activity may have destabilized the environment, and the asteroid just pushed it further over the brink. Other scientists believe that changing climate may have contributed to the extinction of the dinosaurs. We may never know precisely what caused dinosaur extinction, but we do know one thing. It opened the door for mammals to fulfill the niche the dinosaurs once occupied, and eventually led to the rise of mankind, unquote. After the great die-off, presumably, the mammals free of large predators flourished to become the predominant type of animal on the planet. Apparently, there were dinosaurs that were smaller than a turkey, so maybe some that died off weren't that large. An article from the Ars Technica website from 2016 argues that current understanding of the mass extinction 66 million years ago is incomplete owing to an incomplete fossil record and to observational bias. Here is part of the, of the article, quote, the researchers, of, the researchers in the Journal of Evolutionary Biology say that animals with large ranges who live in many habitats have a roughly 40% chance of surviving, with those species occurring in just a single locality are estimated to have a 1% chance of surviving. To capture the diversity of species in large and small ranges, the researchers analyzed fossils from 145 mammal species found in 23 locations across North America. They concluded that it's extremely likely that many of those single locality mammal species went extinct without leaving a trace in the fossil record. The researchers also found that current ideas about why dinosaurs didn't survive the KT mass extinction might be wrong too. One common hypothesis is that dinosaurs died out because they were so huge. Essentially, they were unable to slake their appetites as plant life died out on a world where debris clouds blocked the sun for years. But after the asteroid impact, several mammal species rapidly evolved to be quite large. So obviously, it wasn't size alone that killed off the dinosaurs. And it wasn't lack of smarts either, because winged dinosaurs, aka birds, didn't manage to outcompete mammals despite their intelligence. Unquote. The article didn't mention pterodactyls, only birds, but it would be logical that mammals took a hit as well as the dinosaurs. But how did the mammals recover? According to an article published in the journal Nature in 2007, there were two spikes in the advance of mammals. The authors include Ross McPhee of the American Museum of Natural History and Robin Beck of the University of New South Wales. 
following quote comes from the life science website referring to the spike that occurred after the end of the dinosaurs quote the second evolutionary spike in modern ma mammalian history didn't occur at until about 10 to 15 million years after the dinosaurs demise around the start of the Eocene era, about 55 to 34 million years ago, the researchers say. This was the mammalian golden age when the preponderance of mammals, especially the ancestors of many groups alive today, such as primates, rodents and hoofed animals, really took off according to the new study." Unquote. So there was a golden age, but would that have occurred if there weren't dinosaurs for mammals to compete with? Maybe, but there were some dinosaurs around a little at a later time, besides the crocodiles and other reptiles that survived to the present day. An article from 2017 from the website Ancient Patriarchs has the following headline, quote, Carbon-14 dated dinosaur bones less than 40,000 years old report scrapped from conference website, unquote. Isn't carbon dating pretty accurate and reliable? That's the way it is usually presented. The article describes the rejection of the findings. Quote, researchers have found a reason for the puzzling survival of soft tissue and collagen in dinosaur bones. The bones are younger than anyone ever guessed. Carbon-14 dating of multiple samples of bone from Eight dinosaurs found in Texas, Alaska, Colorado, Montana revealed that there are, are only 22,039. Sorry, I'll start that again. Carbon 14 dating and multiple samples of bone from the eight dinosaurs found in Texas, Alaska, Colorado, and Montana revealed that they are, are only 22,000 to 39,000 years old. Members of the Paleochronology Group presented their findings at the 2012. Western Pacific Geophysical Physics Meeting in Singapore, August the 13th to 17th, a conference of the American Geophysical Union, AGU, and the Asia Ocean Geosciences Society, AOGS. Some dinosaurs are thought to be over 65 million years old. The news is stunning, more than some can tolerate. After the AOGS AGU conference in Singapore, the abstract was removed from the conference website by two chairmen because they could not accept the findings. Unwilling to challenge the data openly, they erased the report from public view without, without a word to the authors." Unquote. Why did they do that? The two chairmen included the following in a letter to the authors, quote, There's obviously an error in these data. The abstract was apparently not reviewed properly and was accepted in error. For this reason, we have exercised our authority as program chairs and rescinded the abstract. It will no longer appear on the AOGS website." Unquote. If any of that is true, then our ancestors would have been walking the earth along with thought to have been extinct dinosaurs. Apparently our ancestors could have also walked the earth with dinosaurs long before 65 million years ago. Modern mankind's development only starts at 67,000 years ago. That's just a blink of the, the eye in terms of the age of the earth. So what is the source? The Beyond Science TV website from November 2017. Here's part of the article. Quote, in the summer of 1968, an amateur fossil collector, William J. Meister, made the discovery of a lifetime 43 miles west of Delta, Utah. To his surprise, he found a fossilized human footprint about the size of a US 13 shoe, 
that's three and a half inches wide by ten and, ten and a quarter inches long, stepping on a trilobite. Now, trilobites only existed between 260 to 600 million years ago, so this makes it th this the oldest human fossil footprint ever discovered. Trilobites were small marine invertebrates related to crabs and shrimps. Scientists currently think that, emer that humans emerged one to two million years ago and only began wearing such shoes a few thousand years ago. This archaeological discovery could be sufficient to overturn all conventionally accepted ideas of human and geological evolution. According to science's, science's currently accepted timeline of human existence on this planet, humans advanced enough to wear shoes would not have, been, would have not existed hundreds of millions of years ago. As one might expect, this sent shockwaves throughout the scientific communities with excitement for a new paradigm shift, as well as sceptical denial. A US size 13 shoe is size 46 or 47 in Europe. The article continues, quote, another astonishing trilobite fossil discovery was made in Antelope Springs, Arizona on July the 20th, 1968 by Dr. Clifford Burdick, a consulting geologist from Tucson, Arizona. He found an impression of a child's foot in a bed of shale. This was shown to two geologists and a paleontologist. One geologist agreed it seemed to belong to a human being, but the paleontologist's opinion was that no biological agent had been involved, Dr. Burdick affirmed. And we'll continue Dr. Burdick's affirmation after the break. Yes, and you're listening to Too Good to Be True with Justina Marsh and Pete Marsh on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. here and they've been here for thousands of years making their presence known in the shadows. They might be seen by a lonely motorist on a deserted road late at night or by a frightened and confused husband in the bedroom he is sharing with his wife. But who are they? What do they want? Why are they here? Perhaps most concerning, has the government been aware of their presence all along? The new book by Ellie Marzulli, UFO Disclosure, The 70-Year Cover-Up Exposed, delves into the world of UFOs. Can full disclosure be soon? Order now and receive a free hour and 37-minute DVD on the UFO phenomenon, UFOs Are Real. Get both the book and the DVD, a $40 value, for only $19.99. To order your book and DVD today, go to lamarzuli.net. That's L-A-M-A-R-Z-U-L-L-I.net. Rob McConnell here, presenting an overview for Nicholas Paul Jinnick's, author of a fascinating book, Amen. It presents facts revealed by Egyptologists, facts that enable us to understand why Amen is the beginning of creation of God. It provides recommendations for religious leaders of the major religions to unify their beliefs and teach the word of God, love one another. 
Amen informs people how mankind conceived God. It was the Egyptians that developed the concepts of a soul, a hereafter, and son of God. And finally, after the worship of many gods, they conceived the belief in one universal God, the maker of all there is. For more information, visit www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. Welcome back to Too Good to Be True. And before the break, Dad, you were quoting from the Beyond Science TV website about possible discoveries of human footprints. So can you please continue what Dr. Burdick affirmed? Yes, I'll continue. Uh, Dr. Burdick affirmed, the rock chance to fracture along the front of the toes before the fossil footprint was found. On cross-section, the fabric of the rock stands out in fine laminations or bedding planes where the toes pressed into the soft material the laminations were bowed downward from the horizontal, indicating a weight that, that had been pressed into the mud. Mr. Meister claimed that when he had a geologist examine a print, the geologist offered him a quarter of a million dollars for the print. Meister asked him, what are you going to do with it if I sell it to you? The geologist replied, I'm going to destroy it. It destroys my entire life work as a geologist, unquote. Isn't science just a process with more truth being revealed over time? But I have to ask, what is the largest dinosaur fossil ever found? In 2012 in Argentina, remains of six Argentinosauruses weighing 76 long tons or 69 metric tons were found. That's the size of 12 elephants or 11 T-Rexes. And these creatures ate vegetation, not other creatures. We didn't talk about the great flood of Noah causing a mass extinction. Surely not all the Earth species managed to survive. That apparently occurred only thousands of years ago. Maybe it doesn't count in terms of geological time. I wonder what happened to creatures like insects. I wonder if they survived mass extinctions. Something had to pollinate the flowers for plants to survive. Cockroaches are thought to be able to survive atomic explosions, so expect they've been around for a while. The age of the cockroach was about 320 million years ago when they flourished. The modern day cockroach has been around for about 200 million years. But I think we need to change the subject and ask the first question. Did mass extinctions have to occur to develop the animal and plant worlds as we know them now, even at the cost of loss of biodiversity? Yes and no, so it didn't have to happen but it's what happened in the timeline of events. So again, you can think of it as many different branches of a tree and different possibilities, but with the timeline events led to the mass extinction. Are modern renditions of dinosaurs typically true of their appearance when they were living, including their coloration? Not completely. So some of the coloration is actually off since yes, there was the need to be camouflaged for some of the dinosaurs, while other ones were more brightly colored so they would not be attacked as prey. What were some of the colors? So some of them were greens and browns and the more earthly tones you can think of. Well, some of the other ones are bright oranges, reds, yellows. They warn the preying animals that if you ate them, then they would basically be poisoned. So it was more of an alert. 
You can think of the wildlife even now, how some animals are brightly colored, warning praying animals that they would be harmed if they ate them. Did the late Triassic mass extinction and the early Torsion mass extinction take place about 201 million years ago and 187 million years ago, respectively? Approximately, yes. Based on earlier research, were those mass extinctions due to massive volcanism and the resulting climate change intensifying extinction rates that were already that were already underway? Those are part of the factors involved, yes. Based on recent research, were those mass extinctions due to rising ocean temperatures, acidification, oxygen, and starved waters without massive volcanism? There was massive volcanism too, so it was a combination of different factors. So it wasn't just one, it was many. Is there any connection between the late Triassic and the early Torsion mass extinctions and today's climate change? Yes, there is a connection. However, for the dinosaurs at least, they were very strong and you can say healthy different animals. So there's a number of factors that decreased the population. So it didn't happen all at once, but it was a combo of factors. Is it a normal process in the animal kingdom for species to expand, flourish and then decline, and then new species take over? If you think of it in terms of evolution and the evolution of different animals, then yes. So for the newer, smaller species, and even some of the mammals and other newer species seen today, yes, the dinosaurs had to die out. Otherwise, these new species couldn't have evolved. Was the early torsion extinction the second largest marine biodiversity loss event in Earth's history? Technically, it was the third. What sort of marine and other creatures were lost during the two events? A lot of larger marine animals, so a lot of the smaller animals could still survive since they could feed off different food sources, such as smaller crustaceans, algae, etc. But the larger animals needed more food and also needed the food supply more abundant. So the ones that were the more specialized eaters and needed food in large quantities were the first to die off. You've probably answered this already, but what sort of marine and other creatures survived the two events? Basically smaller ones and ones that were more adapted to eating more different food supplies. So ones that could meet their basic needs of finding places to hide from what was going on and also finding food so they could still survive. How is today's global warming or climate change different from that of prehistoric times, which apparently included rising temperatures, acidification, lower oxygen in oceans? So the problem with the current global warming is that there are no are human effects too. So in prehistoric times, there were not humans. There were not human-made pollution. There weren't the effects that humans have. So the problem that time is that it is not just the natural cycle of the earth. But along with that, it's what humans have done to the planet. So, for example, people putting waste, plastic, different chemicals into the oceans, creating issues with air pollution, and even basically how humans go and tear apart the land. So removing trees, influencing animals, and maybe making some species go extinct just by their actions. We mentioned in another episode that there is a warming effect due to Earth's consciousness. Is that correct? Yes. Has there been five other mass extinctions, including 445 million years ago, beginning 380 million years ago, 252 million years ago, 
201 million years ago and 66 million years ago. Based on current knowledge, that is correct. During a mass extinction occurring 445 million years ago, did the ice sheets in the southern hemisphere advance and retreat? Yes. Was a mass extinction starting 380 million years ago initiated by a massive volcanic eruption where modern-day Siberia is located? There were actually two different volcanic eruptions, so that was one of the two. Where was the other one? More towards where South America would be now. Was the mass extinction occurring 252 million years ago initiated by volcanic activity where modern-day Siberia is located, resulting in 96% of species disappearing? There was more to it than that, so some of the species disappearing was not fully proven. So it would be more about 90% of the species, while some other species actually found ways to survive. Was there volcanic activity where Siberia is now located? Yes. Was there mass extinction occurring 201 million years ago, initiated by large-scale volcanic activity in the central Atlantic magmatic province? Approximately, yes. Was the supercontinent Pangaea split it to create the beginning of the Atlantic Ocean? Yes. Was the KT event of 66 million years ago, which killed off the dinosaurs, initiated by a large meteor crashing into the area where the Yucatan Peninsula is now located, or were there a combination of factors? There were a combination of factors. So there were meteors, which is normal for the Earth to have occur, along with other factors. Was there yet another event 262 million years ago where volcanic eruptions occurred where modern-day China is located? Yes. Did that event cause simultaneous extinctions in the tropics and in higher latitudes? Yes. Around 300 million years ago, did Earth have a single supercontinent now called Pangaea, surrounded by a single ocean now called Panthalassa? Yes. What sort of creatures lived on Pangaea and in Panthalassa? So basically, they were last evolved creatures. So they were made for the basic needs of survival. So you can think of animals such as amphibians, only a few mammals, but they were very basic. So they all, all they knew to do was hunt, survive, and their features weren't as formed as today. So for example, you can think of a crocodile, but a crocodile that's not evolved. So it doesn't have the armor, has more of a scaly texture, but hasn't evolved the features of today. So it's a world where the creatures just have one need, which is survive by eating, by reproducing, and trying to find ways to evolve. But obviously, evolution takes a long time to occur. During the KT event of 66 million years ago, which killed off the dinosaurs, what were the combination of factors? Was it a giant meteor crashing to the Earth along with increased volcanic activity? Yes, along with the loss of food. So with the different changes in the earth, such as flooding, volcanoes, etc., it made it so there was less and less food, including vege vegetation and different dinosaurs. So the cause included earth changes in addition to the volcanic activity and the meteor collision? Correct. I think we need to go into a break, Justina. Yes, after this short break, we'll continue with the questions and psychic insight about dinosaurs and mass extinction. And you're listening to Too Good to Be True with Justina Marsh and Pete Marsh on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, www.xcbn.net. 
have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simultv, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simultv. Simultv offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, Sci-Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. Pathom Shamanic Art School has just launched a new online series of classes, Galactic Shamanism, Art of the Ancients, Key to Tomorrow. In these classes, composed and taught by Path Home founder and director Gwilda Wiecka, you'll learn practical shamanic skills to support your daily life, such as how to build a medicine wheel to access the power of the earth, perform a shamanic journey, create sacred space in which to live and work, empower your life with totem animals, elementals, and fairy folk, and learn the art of accurately reading signs and omens. These tried and true skills are the key to living a powerful, productive life. Visit us at findyourpathhome.com to see the ever-growing collection of classes and leading-edge information to support you during these times of uncertainty and transition. All can be found at findyourpathhome.com. They are here, and they've been here for thousands of years, making their presence known in the shadows. They might be seen by a lonely motorist on a deserted road late at night, or by a frightened and confused husband in the bedroom he is sharing with his wife. But who are they? What do they want? Why are they here? Perhaps most concerning, has the government been aware of their presence all along? The new book by Ellie Marzulli, UFO Disclosure, The 70-Year Cover-Up Exposed, delves into the world of UFOs. Can full disclosure be soon? Order now and receive a free hour and 37-minute DVD on the UFO phenomenon, UFOs Are Real. Get both the book and the DVD, a $40 value, for only $19.99. To order your book and DVD today, go to lamarzuli.net. That's L-A-M-A-R-Z-U-L-L-I.net. back to Too Good to Be True. And before the break, we're going through the psychic insight and questions about dinosaurs and mass extinction. So, Dad, can you please continue with the questions? Is there any reality in the alternative explanation for the KT event that a supernova or explosion of a dying star showered the Earth in radiation that killed the dinosaurs? No, that's not true. Were dinosaurs declining or gaining in abundance when the KT event occurred? They were already declining, so again, food was getting more scarce. Was the meteor that struck the Yucatan Peninsula roughly six miles in diameter, traveling at 40,000 miles per hour? A little larger. Is the Chicks You Love crater the site where the meteor struck, releasing around two million times more energy than the most powerful nuclear bomb ever detonated? 
Yes. Was a layer of iridium created as a result of the impact of the meteor? Yes. Was molten rock ejected from the, the site of impact? Yes. Were fracture patterns in quartz crystals caused by the massive impact? Along with other fractures of rock, yes. Would the heat of broad the Earth's surface ignited wildfires worldwide and plunged the planet into darkness as debris clouded the atmosphere? Not wildfires every single place, but in a lot of places, yes. And yes, the Earth turned into, you could say, where there was almost no vegetation left and almost no animals. Did shockwaves trigger earthquakes and volcanic eruptions? There are already some occurring, so it basically made these worse. Did miles-high tsunamis wash over the continents, draining out many forms of life? Yes. Did the resulting darkness last for months or years? Yes, it lasted for years. Were Earth's temperatures plunged into the freezing zone, killing plants and leaving plant-eating animals with nothing to eat? Yes. Did many dinosaurs die within weeks or months? Yes. Was the loss in biodiversity more than 90%? Yes. Were small scavenging mammals that could burrow into the ground and eat whatever remained the main survivors? And some different amphibians and so-called fish that could basically find shelter. Did so-called fish uh, include mammals like dolphins as well as fish? Correct. So not all of them are 100% what you think of as a fish, but would be in the same category. How did the ancestors of modern-day crocodiles, alligators, and lizards survive? Basically off of fish and other means of survival. So they hid, they would hunt for their fish, and basically hide from what was going on on the surface and only come up for air. How did birds survive? Were they able to migrate to where food was still available? Basically, they migrated to some of the higher points on Earth, so it was very limited food supply. But they were away from most of the lava and the colds and where the temperatures fluctuated, so they found somewhere with more constant temperature where other smaller creatures could still survive. You mentioned at least some fish survived, but did many species of marine life die out? Yes, they did, but it depended on the abundance of fish and which ones were more abundant and which ones could find other food sources. Was it difficult for ocean-dwelling animals like whales or dolphins to survive? Very difficult, yes. Did animals with large ranges that lived in many habitats have a roughly a 40% chance of surviving? Yes. Did those species occurring in just a single locality have a roughly 1% chance of surviving? Less than 1%. Were many species of dinosaurs smaller than modern-day turkeys, as it is sometimes reported? Yes and no. There are some species that were very small, yes, but there are also the ones that were way larger. So there is a very wide variety of the types of dinosaurs that existed, and not all of them have been discovered yet. Had winged dinosaurs such as pterodactyls completely died out well before the KT event? Yes and no. There are some smaller versions, but the larger ones lost their food supply before the event. Was there a mammalian golden age, 10 to 15 million years after the KT event, when the ancestors of primates, rodents, and hoofed animals started to flourish? Yes. Are the remains of dinosaur bones from eight dinosaurs found in Texas, Alaska, Colorado, and Montana only 22,000 or 39,000 years old? No. 
were the samples from the eight dinosaurs which were reported as containing remains of soft tissue contaminated? Yes. So that was the reason why the eight dinosaur research, including the carbon dating, was suppressed by conference organizers. Yes, and there was a lot of mix-ups in the testing, and the testing didn't follow protocol. So, for example, their blanks were not blank, their equipment was not calibrated properly, and it turned into a giant mess. Is there anything to go against the conventional belief that the dinosaurs died out during the KT event 66 million years ago? So there were smaller creatures that may be called dinosaurs that lived after 66 million years ago. However, the modern day thought of dinosaurs and what they looked like, yes, those ones did die out. So you can think of it as kind of the dinosaurs as generation one, while their descendants of those were generation two or generation three. However, they are not what most people think of as dinosaurs. Did our ancestors walk the earth along with thought of being extinct dinosaurs? So far, what history has shown us mostly correct, but there's still more to discover. In 1968, was a fossil found with a human footprint about the size of a U.S. size 13 shoe stepping on a trilobite? Yes. Based on trilobites existing between 260 to 600 million years ago, was the human footprint fossil created in that time span rather than a few thousand years ago when humans began wearing shoes? That could be said. With humans emerging in a primitive form in a time frame of one to, or two million years ago, has the footprint been confused with something else that resembles a human footprint? Again, that could be said, but this is still a discovery that needs to be made. But there could be confusion about if the human was really human or something else that was walking the earth. So there needs to be more research to be definitive. Correct. Also in 1968 was an impression of a charged foot found in a bed of shale, also associated with a trilobite fossil from 260 to 600 million years ago. Yes. Was that actually an impression of a charged foot? Again, more research needs to be done of what the footprint may or may not be. Did a geologist examine the fossil with the impression of a charged foot with the geologist offering the finder a quarter of a million dollars for the fossil? Yes. Was the geologist going to destroy it if he could buy it as its discovery went against his life's work as a geologist? Not really destroy it, but hide it from the public. Were the remains of the six Argentinosauruses originally weighing 76 tons found in Argentina in 2012 representative of the largest dinosaurs that ever lived? So far they have been discovered, yes. Was there a mass extinction at the time of the Great Flood of Noah? Yes. Why isn't the Great Flood of Noah more a matter of science rather than a matter of religious text? Because the information included so far isn't completely documented in science. So proving a flood occurred or did not occur is a little bit harder than proving if a meteor struck or a volcanic eruption. Floods can look like many different other natural occurrences, so it's hard to find more exact evidence. And also because the flood of Noah was highly debated and details are very different depending on what would have happened scientifically and what would have happened religiously. So it's a place where a lot of scientists don't want to go since they don't want to argue or offend anyone who is religious. What kinds of animals became extinct during the time of the great flood of Noah? More smaller animals. So you can think of it as more almost dog-sized animals that could not survive the waters. 
Have insect species survived or have been destroyed by mass extinctions? Some of the larger species have been destroyed, so you can think of them as more superbugs that are way larger than the current insects that could not find adequate food. What is the purpose of creatures like cockroaches other than breaking down decaying plant matter and becoming a food source of smaller reptiles and mammals? That's basically the function. So they are a food source and kind of a more indestructible food source so that animals would have something to eat for a very long time. So if cockroaches can survive, they would always be food for other animals. Exactly. What can we learn from mass extinctions, especially the KT event of 66 million years ago? Basically that animals go through natural extinction where they survive and roam the earth and then something occurs and they no longer exist. However, this is different from what humans do since sometimes when they drive an animal into extinction. So there are certain animals that is just in the timeline where they are going to end up not surviving and evolution will take place. But it needs to be remembered that evolution can't take its place if animals don't go through the natural cycle. So humans need to try to intervene in the least way possible so these animals can go through their natural cycle and can do their natural evolution processes. That was the last answer. Is understanding nearest past for a brighter future too good to be true? That depends on what you are prepared to believe. Well, we don't have much time left, but uh, the, the writing's on the wall. There's been eight mass extinctions at least, and uh, another one may be coming up soon. Yes, and I also want to see a bright red dinosaur. But on that note, let's mention our Facebook page at Too Good To Be True with our first T spelled T-W-O or our website at TooGoodToBeTrue.net. And as always, we love suggestions from the listeners. If you like topics about history like this, about previous animals, there's a lot of other animals, not just the dinosaurs that have went extinct in the past. And as always, thank you to each and every listener, and we look forward to next week's show. If you are looking for a safe, zero-calorie, natural option to the harmful artificial sweeteners on the market today, Just Like Sugar is what you're looking for. Just Like Sugar is a wonderful natural alternative for those health-conscious people who choose a calorie-restricted diet with a great, pure, sweet flavor that tastes just like sugar. Just Like Sugar is a great natural option for people suffering from diabetes and may be useful in restricted diet programs where standard sugars are not allowed and does not cause a laxative effect of some other sweeteners. Just Like Sugar comprises a perfect blend of chicory root fiber, natural calcium, natural vitamin C, and Just Like Sugar's sweetness comes from the natural flavors from the peel of the orange. Just Like Sugar is a natural alternative to harmful artificial sweeteners and will change the way that you believe all natural sweetener products taste. Just Like Sugar is available at your local Whole Foods markets, Wild Oats markets, 
Henry's, Sun Harvest, and many other fine natural food stores in the U.S., Canada, and worldwide. You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simo TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like Exxon, Sci-Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere. 24-7-365. 